Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Keisha Green, that's my lady, yo. If you can tune in, it's the way to go. Educated author with major goals. I've been coming right here, you have the place to be. It's a poor get mentioned and it's all for free. Ooh, we, and you know where's that? With Miss Green on the right side of the chat. Right with a purpose, so everything is worth it. An educated platform, something you can work with. Readers, yeah, they come over here. Come and get the info from some of your peers. Hello, over line, yeah, we got open air. Talk what you love and express what you fear. Afraid to lose, but born to win. Hey, Miss Keisha, yeah, we're trying to go win. Come on. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chats. This is Keisha Green. It is Monday, April 24th, 2017. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) We have a great show tonight. I will be chatting with the one, the only, the talented author, publisher, and now screenwriter, Kawan, and he'll be on talking about his upcoming independent film from Harlem with Love based on the best-selling short story, so definitely, if you're just tuning in, don't leave, because if you listen to Kwan here on the Writer's Life Chat, you know it's nothing but good times, good laughs, and some knowledge and some jewels and all that good stuff. It's always a good time. So definitely, if you have any questions, please call in. The number is 718-508-9827. Let me repeat that. The number is 718-508-9827. If you have questions for myself or Kwan, please inbox me or tweet me at Keisha Green or on Facebook at Keisha Green. Tweet them to me and I will read them on the air or you can DM to me on Instagram at Keisha Green and I will read them. Also, I heard a little rumor that he might be giving away some free books too. So, you know, you got to be in it to win it. So you definitely want to tune in for that. So also, the chat room is open. You have to create a profile on the Blog Talk Radio page. Otherwise, all you can do is read. You won't be able to post any questions, but the chat room is on and popping if you would like to join. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by Faye Thompson's upcoming release, Mocha Madness. You definitely, OMG, Mocha Madness to, I mean, I read this, and when I tell y'all, oh, my goodness, you guys are going to love this. I mean, it's um, it's drama, it's relationships, and emotionally accurate. So definitely check out Faye Thompson's upcoming release, Mocha Madness. I got to give a quick shout-out to Sadiqa Johnson, who was on the show last week. Um, I had a great time discussing her latest book, and then there was me. If you guys missed it, please check out the archives at www writerslifechats.com with any show. If you ever miss a show, you can always go back to the archive and check us out at www.writerslifechats.com. So, yeah, okay, 
So let me get back into tonight's guest. So like I mentioned, I'm going to be chatting with Kwan. So let me just tell you a little bit about Kwan. He's been featured in Vibe, Pages, King, The Library Journal, Entertainment Weekly, The New York Press, and Time Magazine, just to name a few. And he was also the recipient of the 2012 and 13 Street Lit Book Award Medals in adult fiction for eviction notice and animal. His credits include feature commentary in the award-winning documentary Iceberg Slim, Portrait of a, excuse me, Portrait of a Pimp, produced by Ice-T, as well as a reoccurring guest role on TV One Celebrity Crime Files. And so, yeah, when he's not doing all of that, he is residing in New Jersey with his family and working on his next novel. So you've definitely... You know, if you've read a Kwan book, if um, you haven't read one before, this is the show for you because you can get introduced to him tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he will be on shortly. But now let me let me just um, jump ahead. So like I mentioned, he's um, doing his first independent film, which is called From Harlem with Love, which is based on a story that he wrote. So let me just tell you a little bit about Harlem um, From Harlem with Love, the synopsis of that. And Harlem has always lived by the code of the streets and respected the rules that govern, that govern them. But when his enemies break those rules and bring drama to his family, Harlem comes up with a plan to send them a very clear message. All is fair in love and war. If that don't sound, ooh, drama, scandalous, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, but it definitely, it definitely, um, it grabs your attention. So basically, right off the rip from listening to that synopsis, Harlem ain't somebody to play with. So I do, and I'm already enjoying the play on the words with From Harlem with Love, and the main character's name is Harlem. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, you can also check out Kawan, um, author Silk White, and Michael Ray in this month's issue of Urban Times Magazine, where I did a three-spread write-up about the three of them and, you know, featuring Kawan talking about this, about this film from Harlem with Love. So definitely, you know, my hashtag is Get Caught Reading. So, yes, Get Caught Reading Urban Times um, Magazine, www.urban, I think it's urbantmag.com. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, Quan has done a lot. Uh, um, he's wrote a lot of books. I went over there to Amazon, right, today, just being nosy, like, because I wanted to be able to come up here and be like, you know, Kwan is the author of 17 books or 33 books or whatever. And so it was like I was just a scroll, and I said, oh, wow, he does his thing. He does his thing. So, And I say this every time he comes on the show as if I've never interviewed him before. But that's the beauty of the Writer's Life Chats and the beauty of our friendship that when he comes on here, I treat him just like it's the first time so he can have a good time with it. So with that being said, again, if you have any questions for tonight, for Kwan, please call in. The number is 718-508-9827. You can tweet your questions to me or inbox them to me on Facebook at Keisha Green, and I will read them on the air. Or you can go into the chat room, and you can post the questions in there, and um, I will read them on the air. But, again, I have to let you know you have to create a profile on the Blog Talk Radio page so that can hear, um, you know, you can post the questions in there. Otherwise, you're just you're just going to be able to read. And the only thing that's in there is just what I, you know, I announced today thus far. So, yeah, the number, 718-508-9827. Also, some lucky readers. I got to talk about free books, free books. You got to be in it to win it. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, and next 
upcoming show, I want to let you guys, um, the next upcoming show will be on um, May 8th. I'm sorry, May 8th, we will be talking to Faye Thompson, speaking of which. So, yes, if you have your questions, talking about Mocha Madness, talking about Don't Sit On Your um, your Fabulous, definitely, definitely, definitely. So she will be on the show next month. Oh, my goodness, it's so scary that I'm listening, and it's, it's going to be May. And before I even go into, um, you know, night show I gotta do this and I know he's probably gonna be upset with me but because I'm his mother I can do that I want to give a big 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 happy birthday happy 22nd birthday to my son Malik mommy loves you I know that was corny but I love him that's my baby but yes happy birthday Leaky so yeah we got Juan on the show chat room is open the lines are open and oh 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 I almost forgot if you're just listening <laughs> you're just listening. When I take your call, just say that you're listening so I can go to the next call. So we don't have all that, you know, awkward dead air, and I'm like, hello, hello, and you're just like, I don't want to talk, and I'm just like, okay, next. And as always, um, but I think I've done, I'm, I'm getting better with this since I've had Kwan on the show numerous times. I think I'm getting better at the phone call situation because usually when he's on the show, his his um his fan base, his supporters, they like they blow up my switchboard and I can't even function. I become overwhelmed. And imagine like when I used to have cocktails and this was on Thursday nights. Oh my goodness, it was a wrap. They would cuss me out like that damn Keisha. But I've gotten better now. But yeah, I think they know like okay, we're not going to get to talk or it's not going to be into the you know the latter part of the <laughs> of the show. But it is what it is. So let me start the show off. I believe that my guest is here. And we don't. So let me bring them on in. Okay. Hello. Welcome. How you doing? What up? What up? K, formerly KG, now KF. You got sound effect and shit like the doorbell. What's up? What's happening? <laughs> Come on. I have to advance with this. You know, I've been doing this I know. Show I'm impressed. I, I got to be fancy. That's because you start, that's cause you start you? drinking on the air. I do miss Thursday Thursdays, though. How about I was really contemplating about maybe I should bring it back to Thursday, like on a throwback Thursday, like anybody who remembers what that was, like Thursday Thursdays. I actually looked forward to it, to getting drunk Hell and talking yeah. about yeah. <laughs> Those are some of the best shows, the, the drunk shows. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I, I mean, really, like, who really thought about that? Like, getting drunk and talking about books on the air for a bunch of people to listen to you. <laughs> Just no better. Just no better than that. So, yeah. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're like family here because this isn't your first time at the rodeo over here at the Writer's Life mm-hmm. Chat. And I'm super excited because... Oh, my goodness, I just had said something last week on the show when I was talking about who would be on the show the following week. And I'm like, I finally can say something, but holy smokes, Batman, you have a film. Okay. Yes, yes, we are currently filming From Harlem with Love, written by me, directed by me. Oh, my goodness. That is so dope. Okay, so. I know the backstory, but I want the listeners take me back in time and everyone else. When did you decide that out of all of the stories that you have, that this was going to be the one that should be in, you know, brought, put the people, let them see it, make it a film and do all that wonderful stuff. Why this story? Uh, you know what? It's, it's so ironic 
well, what happened was, um, you know, I went through this thing like, like, with this film stuff, this is not really my first time at the rodeo, the coin phrase. Um, like I had film options before, right? But the way it okay. works is like, okay, they option your film, like we're gonna give you this, and we're gonna bring in somebody to write uh, to adapt one of your books to write a script. So, the very first, um, the very first time it happened, I think, was with Gangster, and the dude completely made a clusterfuck of the script. And so I was like, oh my god, oh my god, like because it went from this poignant story of uh, story I had about Lulu and old guys to like these pants sagging jewel thieves, and it really didn't embody what the story was about. So I was like, no, so okay. the option expired. We never made the film. That's another story altogether why we didn't make the film. But, um, the option, because I couldn't let that shit go like that. There was no way I was going to let them butcher my baby. So I was like, you know what? I need to write my own damn scripts. But I didn't really know how. So as it happens for Valentine's Day, when you know, my wife bought me um, Final Draft, which is um, teaches you how to format scripts. So I started playing with it, playing with it. I wrote, like, some short films. So, um, and the majority of the stuff that I was writing was based off of new material. But I said, okay, I, um, I got all these half-written scripts. Let me finish them. So I picked from Harlem with Love because the story was fresh in my mind. So I just started mm-hmm. it out. So I was trying to film it myself, which didn't work out too good because, you know, it was like when you get a bunch of homies together and, the homie system, nobody really takes it seriously. So I'm lugging all this camera equipment around and couldn't get the, um, the film done. So as mm-hmm. it happens, um, a homeboy of mine was like, yeah, you need to sit down with Q. Because Q is producing films. And I'm like, well, who's Q? I don't know Q. Who are you talking about? And he's like, you know Q. Ends up being a dude from the neighborhood. We knew each other. Like, I didn't realize that he was the same dude doing films. We didn't realize I was the same dude doing books. We lived like across the street from each other. So, um... Animal was originally on the table, but I'm like, you know, it was his first venture. Let's try something different. I got this script called From Harlem with Love about what we so – it takes place in the neighborhood we grew up in, the projects where we grew up. And it was like it, – it was that was the one. That was the one. Okay. Like, and, and I had the script for, like, maybe two years, three years, just sitting, 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 um, because, you know, everybody was on a big animal kick and so on and so forth. So it was actually a dope script, and that's the one we decided to run with. So like it was just like a sheer twist. It was like a twist of fate. It wasn't like okay, I'm gonna write this script because this is the one I want to move forward with first. It was like no, that was just the first one that I finished. Um, I mean, I okay. had all the scripts done, but that was the first one. That was the first full length movie that I wrote. Like I did Love and Gunplay, which was a short. Um, okay. But, but from All in With Love was the first full length movie that I wrote, and everybody just loved the script. Loved the script. Loved the script. And so we decided to move forward. That is dope. Okay, so now you kind of touched on on it with like the, going the indie route, but how important was that to you? Well, like I said, after what happened with Gangster, I didn't want to put myself in that position ever again. So, like, unless ever. it was for okay. yeah, so you know, because because when you when you option your film, it's still yours, but it's not yours. You know what I'm saying? So whoever you option it to, they can pretty much do whatever they want with it. And we did have a situation in place with From Harlem with Love, but I wouldn't have been able to direct it. So it was kind of like, okay, ah. we'll just pass it off. Pass it off. We're going to give you some bread and just wait and see what happens. So in this situation, I was like, okay, well, I can direct it. I can bring in the people who I want to bring in, and I can do it my way. So it gave me totally, ah. like, total, total control over it, which is a better situation. So and I'm like, okay. you know what? It's like you leave, you leave money on the table when you do it like that. Because you know, you know, 
But it, at the end of the day, you get to do it your way. You get to do it. This is how I see my vision. This is how I want it done. And so the only way to do that, because I didn't have the money to finance it myself, was to go to any route and bring in some investors, some investors who trusted mm. in my vision. And everybody was right. like, well, damn, this is, this is your first time writing and directing a film. You would think that you did it a bunch of times before. I'm like, nah, man, I'm just a quick study. Mm. And, it's, and it's coming out, like, so dope with the special effects. And, like, because, like, like I said, it's not like we're just running around with a camera, like we have an actual film crew, we have a team of people doing sound, we have makeup artists um, for special effects, we have lighting guys, we have a um, brilliant dude behind the camera who's actually teaching me a lot. Shout out to CJ. Um, so he's actually teaching me a lot, you know, because he's filming. But I'm, I'm, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it like this. Like you know what? By the time I get done with you, you're gonna be nice. I want you to learn this, so I need you to stick close to. Me. So mm. and then we're, and we're really and we're just really going all out really good because you're going to walk away from this. Like, he wants you to stay close because he wants to teach you so that you can go off and do it on your own. But at the same time, what better experience than hands-on versus you sitting at home reading a book, you know, like, yeah. you know, being taught in a school setting. You know what I mean? So that's Yeah, and the way my brain works, I'm more hands-on anyway. And I wear so many different hats. Like, I'm the casting director. I'm one of the producers. I'm doing cameras. I'm holding the microphone. Whatever I need to do. You know what I mean? Doing the scheduling. So I'm getting a crash course. Instead of, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, well, you just show up and direct. No, it's more than just showing up and direct. It's like, okay, I'm involved in every the process, every step of the way. Like the cast was handpicked. And it's so funny. I have a really quirky way of the way I like to do casting. And what I'll do is um, I'll have you come in and read from, um, from a script, which is the original mm-hmm. script. And based on the personalities of the people who we like for the roles, I go back and twerk the script and make it more more geared, more geared towards who you are as a person. So it's an easier transition for you to get into this character. Ah, like it. Like yeah, it. and it's just something that, okay. you know, I don't know I don't know if that's something that people do. That was just something that worked for me. You know, we really found some well, diamonds in the rough. It doesn't matter. And, as and, long as it works for you. <laughs> as yeah, long as it works di- for you, that's all and, and, and dialogue is important, so you don't want to put people in a position to where they're, like, you have to really step in the character. So you want to keep the dialogue as close to who you actually are as you possibly can because it brings the best out of you. Like, and, and, with, and with the whole thing, like, we don't we don't have any, um, I know we don't have any, like, quote-unquote professional actors in the film. These are all people who can't go and believe in the vision and like now with it and just do really well on camera. Like, they gelled. They had a chemistry. Even with the main cast, the guys who were playing, like, on Pyhole and Lamar, like, to prepare, we all started hanging out, like, in our personal time. You know what I mean? Just spending time around each other, just getting a feel for who everybody is. So when you see them on camera, you wouldn't know that they just met at the start of the film. You would think they knew each other for years. I think that's important. That That's, that's yeah. really good. You have to... So it's not like a job. It's um, you guys are becoming a family because you're doing right. you're spending so much time. To, so you need right. to be able to know that y'all are going to be able to rock or not. Like so, yeah, I'm going to need to know how you are when you have a little bit too much to drink, or if you don't drink, or whatever. You, whatever exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
and, and that's what we and that's what we're doing. And it's working out really, really well. Chemistry is built. Yeah. Crew, you know, everybody's where everybody's clicking, clicking on all cylinders. That is good. So now let's um shift gears. So now with independ um being independent, uh, independent um filmmaker, we can bring mm-hmm. that to the parallel of being a self published author. Do you yes. feel that because you ventured out there being a self-published, not I wouldn't call you a self-published author, but an independent publisher, then uh-huh. you know, being in control of things where now you're like, I kind of I know what I need to do because I've been in control of others, if that yes. sounds right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because you kind of know what you want. And can't nobody really bring your vision or, or, or your idea of how something should work. Can't nobody, because I can tell somebody, look, I want you to do it like this. But that don't mean they're going to get it and they're going to see it how I see it. So this was, this is why it was also important for me to direct the film, because I know how I see it in my head when I write it. So getting behind the camera, I can kind of situate it and position it. You know, I mean, okay. in position to how I feel like it needs to go by certain angles, um, the mannerisms of the characters, things like that, you know, just adding add to the equation. Okay. Wow, 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 wow. So, okay, so let me ask you this, and this is going to be funny. Don't laugh at me. But the same uh-huh. way that when people find out that you're an author and they want a free book, when you told people that you were doing this movie, did they want to come be, they, now they're suddenly, you know, Stars, they're Julia Roberts and Omar Omar Epps. <laughs> yeah, we, we had we, we we had a little bit of that because, like I said, initially, um, I, when I wanted to do this independent film, I was buying equipment and teaching myself how to use it. So, and I was running around, and I was getting people like, "Hey, man, I want to, you know, shoot this thing. Like, let's try to put something together. Even if we just do like a little bullshit twenty minutes short, let's put our best foot forward. Let's learn this together. Let's go through the process together." And it just went so far to the left. Well, you know, when you introduce drinking and the smoking and everybody forgets what they're supposed to be doing, and it was very discouraging. <laughs> so now that the ball is actually rolling, people are coming out of the woodwork. Like, hey, uh, yo, I know you got a such, I know you got a spot in your Nah. And, you know, it was kind of crazy because people, people that I knew that were coming through, I'm like, okay, well, come audition. And they're like, well, what do you mean audition? I know you. What the fuck do you mean? Like, come audition. If these people can come from all walks of life from wherever they live and get here and audition and put their heart and soul into it, it wouldn't be fair to them if I just give it to you on some homie shit, especially because when I was trying to do it on some homie shit, I couldn't get it to all jail. Like, I had one of my um, one of my people was asking, like, yeah, well, what, the, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to do a movie. For what? What do you mean for what? Like, that's just probably the dumbest fucking question. Why would you, like, why would you ask me for what? Like, Get the fuck out of here if you don't want to be around. Like, don't don't bring the negative energy if you don't want to be involved. Don't be involved. Right. Nobody's gonna hold it against you. But don't for what y'all out here shooting this shit. Fuck is y'all doing? Don't bring that over here. Oh, but now it's everybody's like, hey, nigga, I remember when. Right, and keep in mind, it's right. not, and it's so crazy because it's not like we got a big movie house behind us. We just had you know some people that came together like. One person was able to acquire a cast. Another person was able to provide mm-hmm. financing. You know, just different stuff like that, and we put it together. This is just like some homeboys from the neighborhood that pool their resources to make the film happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Wow. Now, let me ask this question. With a film, did you ever consider 
doing maybe doing a web series versus a film, or you always knew. You know what? I, I've I've written a web series. Like I have so much stuff that I've written. I have like intent, contemporary black comedy shit. I have gangster ass <laughs> web series. I have Christian shit that I wrote. But I knew from the gate, like, I don't have anything against web series, and I think eventually I am going to venture into doing a web series, too, just so I can keep my blade sharp. But I felt like I wanted to do something different than everybody else was doing. Everybody was okay. doing web series, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I love a good web series if it's done properly. You know, there are certain ones that I enjoy. And I have people like um that do web series that have reached out to me, like, yo, anything you need, need help. You know what I'm saying? Like, people like June Miller, like, took, like some of those guys reached out to me, like, yo, if you need any help, just let us know. So my thing was, I wanted to do a film. Everybody expected me to do a web series. I said, no, I'm going to do a film. And I'm like, you're going to do a whole film. Yes, I'm doing a 90-minute fucking film. I'm going to do a film. As my first (laughs) foray in my venture, I'm going to do a fucking film. And because it's just so far left field. Yeah. Yeah. um, You figure being independent doing it because it's not like like putting out an e-book. It's not. It is not. It is. It's not. I was just telling the um. I was just on the phone like before I called. Before I, um, I called in. I was just on the phone with the producer of the film, and I'm like, yo, you know, I've been woke ever since I dropped you off the other day when we after we did the radio interview, right? So you're like, you've been woke how many days? Because in addition to doing this, like I said, I'm doing the scheduling. I'm doing the directing. I'm doing. I'm scouting locations. I'm doing a little bit of everything, and I'm still writing books, trying to keep up the deadlines. So I don't have time to. Wow. So it's just crazy. Okay. And like you said, it's, not, it's nothing like putting out an e-book. It's like, for, let me give you an example. For um certain scenes, we have to shoot like one scene, like maybe five times. Not because they, you know, not because they fucked the scene up, but they can get it right. Just touching it from different angles, so that way when we go back and we look right. at the raw footage, we'll see which one fits best. Okay, well, this looks better this way. This looks better this way. We shot one whole scene with me and the, and the camera got laying on the floor, looking up. Laying on the floor. We were on the, we were on the floor for about an hour. Laying just flat on the floor, looking up through the camera. We shot the whole scene wow. like that. It was just one, one angle of a scene that we were shooting. And we were just doing it for, for the hell of it. But the angle was so mean, we went back and looked at it. We said, this is, this is the one we're going to use. So we were just fucking around. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's see how we move from this angle. But once he went and started calling, we were like, okay, this is the one. This is the one we're going to use. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I don't know if you were listening, but I had read the synopsis of um, From Harlem with Love, the actual story. And um, um, I'm going to read that again, and I'm going to have yeah, a that, question for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, listeners, this is the synopsis. It says, Harlem has, had always lived by the code of the streets and respected the rules that governed them. But when his enemies break those rules and bring drama to his family, Harlem comes up with a plan to send a very clear message, all is fair in love and war. Now, me, the reader, the person, just that, that screams drama, bloodshed, murder, whatever. Okay, yep. so now, me speaking to you. What's it about, Kawan? <laughs> well, basically, um, this is what it's about. Um, there was like, like I said, it, it takes place in the neighborhood we grew up in, the project, it was Douglas Projects. So there was an older group of guys who at one time were the ones hustling. So like all of these guys from the story, there's, there's this whole crew of guys, right? There's probably about five or six guys, and this one crew of old, old, we call them old heads versus young heads. 
They went to jail on an indictment, all these guys. So the project was wide open. So what Harlem and his guys did, they came out and they reinvented the way drugs were sold in the neighborhood. They created a system to how they were sold. They said, okay, we looked and we saw what the older guys did wrong and how they fucked it up. So we're going to create a system and we're going to run it like a bit. We're going to run this systematically so we don't fall into those same pitfalls. So by the time these um, old guys come home from their bids, these young dudes got the hood rocking like they're making more money than the, than the older guys are making. So the older guys are kind of like, well, y'all little young niggas, like, this is really ours. Like, yo, this is on loan. So Harlem philosophy is like, Harlem is a real, well, he starts out very passive. Like, listen, I don't want any trouble. This is what we can do. I'll give you guys this side, and we'll stay on this side, and we'll, you know, just keep the peace because, like, that's his demeanor. No trouble. He's a gentleman all the way. And they kept encroaching, 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 and wanting more. So they orchestrated a plot to kill him. And it went wrong. So he goes from mm. this passive dude who didn't want any trouble to like, all right, I'm going to turn up with all you motherfuckers. We're going to go to war. Like, his machine guns and all this. And he goes, it's like he does a complete 180. This happy-go-lucky dude who you rooted for all through the beginning of the movie is now a savage killer. And he's Ooh. killing them systematically. And, in, and the bugged-out thing is, uh, I don't even know if I should tell this part. And I ain't going to tell that part because that'll give away too much of the movie. There's something, that, that, there's something that's propelling the movie forward. And you just see snippets of it all through the movie. Every time he kills one of his enemies, you see snippets of this one um, this, this, uh, a set of flashbacks. And by the time you get to the, movie, to the end of the movie, you understand that him going on a rampage was about more than just them encroaching on his territory. It was about something bigger. It was like, it, it, think of it as anti-bullying. It's like, okay. Think about it like a film of anti-bullying. These, because these dudes are bullies. Like, the characters, like, these are some old jail dudes who still think it's 1989. They're trying to muscle these young dudes. But if you, like, and even in real life, this generation of young kids, they're wired totally different. They're not trying to hear that shit. They're not mm-hmm. trying to hear it. There's no, you know, there's no moral system. There's no values. Nobody values human life. You know what I'm saying? There's no more rules. So Harlem was one of the last ones to come up like that, to live under this certain set of rules. But they brought the savage out of him to where he had to start playing the game how they played it in order to win. And it's actually a game. When you see the movie, you understand what I mean by that. It's actually a game he's playing with them. And they were just so mm-hmm. underprepared. I'll, I'll just leave you like this. It's chestnut checkers. And they were just underprepared for what they started. I mean, like, systematic hits. Like, these dudes, these young dudes are moving with military precision. And these are just some old goons. Like, they're not really ready for war, war like that, like that. And by the time they realize we went too far, it's too late. So everything is off the table, like your mamas, your kids, your wife. Everything is fair game now because of, what, because of something that they did to him in the movie. Drama? Like yeah. that? And it's so and it's so crazy because they start out like Harlem, it's Harlem, um, Harlem Lamar, Ty, and Little Saul. They're just these happy kids. They sell drugs, but they're not bad kids. They like to play video games, smoke weed. They're not bothering nobody. They're helping old ladies with their groceries. They're making sure nobody is selling drugs between this time and this time when the people are getting off work. So this is how they're on it. And these dudes just bring out a whole other side of them. Okay. Wow. That's pretty dope, though. That's um, it sounds good. Now I want to, I want to bring up something. I want to uh-huh. shift gears. I want to come back um to more about the film. You mentioned 
a couple of weeks ago, you were out having lunch, and you were out in New York. And I want you to talk to me about the experience that you had at the Estero Cafe. Am I saying it right? Oh, yeah, yeah, with the, 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 yeah, the little girl, she was rude as hell. And even though she came in a pot, like, this is a spot, like, when we when we started pre-production for the movie, when we were sitting down, getting everything together, figuring out how we were going to cast, we were always meeting this one thing. Now, it's a spot I don't frequent because they don't serve alcohol. So with the shots, other guys that are involved, like, you know, let's meet at this spot. It's convenient for everybody. It's easy to find. And we would come in there probably once a week. You know, we would get our green teas and our chives or whatever the fuck we was in there getting. And, you know, we were never loud. We were never just out of the way. We were never out of pocket. We were never, never, never rude. This, and, you know, this particular day, now, I don't know, maybe Shorty was having a bad day. I'm not entirely sure what was going on with her. We came in. We did our normal. We sit down. And um, instead of ordering, we ended up getting caught because now we're getting close to starting the filming, so we're excited. So we kind of got caught up in a conversation. It wasn't a loud conversation. We weren't being disruptive, anything like that. We were just caught up in a conversation. We were talking for about maybe 15 minutes and hadn't ordered anything. And the girl comes from uh, behind the counter, and she starts yelling like, yo, what's up? Y'all going to order something? Y'all just going to keep drinking the free water? So it was just some awful. It was so, dude, the shit she said out of her mouth was so crazy that we thought she was joking because she sees us every week. We were laughing, and she's not laughing. Like, yo, I'm dead-ass fucking serious. My man is coming here. Y'all niggas ain't ordering nothing. Yo, what the fuck? Yo, like that. My first reaction was to spit on her because that's just how disrespectful. I mean, people are looking at us. Everybody's looking at us like we just some savage homeless niggas that rolled in there to get warm. And it wasn't the case. Like, we were sitting there like, we're all professional people. This guy just forward from L.A. to do the camera work. Another guy, can't, you know, so there's prominent people, you know, that are kind of known in their own little circles. And she just went. So up top, and I'm like, man, fuck this bitch. I'm not ordering nothing. So you know, and we was just like, it was, just, it was, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And like, and at the same time, you got to think about it, like we street niggas at the end of the day. So we could have took that wrong and just started breaking shit up in town, but we didn't. We were still very gracious about it. She was disrespectful. We were still very gracious about it. And she came back and apologized after the fact, but it was like the damage was already done. Like you didn't have to do that. You could have came. And said, "Well, hey guys, you know, you guys, are you guys ready to order, or, or you know, what's going on?" She and and I'm not exaggerating. When I said she came from behind the counter yelling, like yo, y'all, oh like she. It was embarrassing, and it was another producer. I forgot the guy's name, but it was another producer. He does a lot of videos because one of my guys do them, and he was there. And he's looking like, and everybody's seeing it, and he was like, "Yo, you know what? Um, man, I think his name is Kid Art. I think that's his name." And he was like, yo, y'all handled mm-hmm. it better than I would have because if y'all had started tearing shit up in here, y'all wouldn't have been wrong. Shorty was out of bounds. She was out of line. So my teeth told me so nasty. And, like, and I'm like, we two blocks away from the project. So I jump on this phone and that <laughs> motherfucker's throwing bricks in his windows every You know, so, like, you never know who you're insulting. You don't know what the situation is. You don't know what the deal is. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what's going on. It's just professional courtesy. And that's why I went mm-hmm. through the trouble of tagging them when I made that post. I tagged them in the post. Like, listen, shorty, you just, boy, you just the fuck out. And I understood because when the other guy came out, he was like, you know what? It's the cameras. He's like, because you guys have been sitting here, and if the managers see that you guys are just sitting here and not ordering nothing, we'll get in trouble. And I said, Joe, she could have came and explained it the way you did. 
she didn't have to come on. And we understand that because we don't want nobody losing their job. We just got caught up in the conversation, and we didn't have no problem ordering whatever was on the menu. You know, we spend money in all the time. But it was her whole right. approach that made me like, bitch, fuck you. You know, I can be ignorant when I want to. I didn't say that to her because that would have just been wrong. But, you know, I'm getting right. better with that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm getting better. Well, that's, yeah. that's a good thing, but it's just that it's crazy that that's what's happening. And it's not, this is not going to be the last time that something like this happened. There's something. Of course um, not. It's, it's interesting that we're talking about this now, about something that happened to you last month, but there's a viral video right now going around about this woman here in my town where she was she was disrespectful to this woman who wanted a refund, and she came from behind the counter, and she's yelling, and she threw the food. Wow. And, I mean, it, it, it went so viral. I just saw it on Channel 7 News at 5 o'clock. Like, it wow. is just bananas. And um, it's going back to that whole thing about effective communication, customer service. Like you said, if she would have explained to you, hey, I'm going to get in trouble, you know, for you guys sitting here or because you order something or whatever the case, if she could have just said something, then that would have went differently other than insulting you. Oh, y'all just want to sit here and drink some free water? Like, really? Really? Yeah, and, like, and, I, yeah, and I tell you, she was so bogus with it. We thought she was joking because it's like, yo, you see us all the time. So we think, you know, a little right. funny banter, you know, but she was not joking. And she was just so loud and indignant. And I'm like, damn, I hope your man can go back and replay the tape and <laughs> see how, you know, see how you came across. You was foul. You was super foul. Wow. So you said she apologized, and so now everything yeah. is good. So now let me ask you, are you going back? <laughs> Fuck no! Fuck them and the horse they rode in on, and it's like and it's so and it's so bogus because it was a cool little spot. But you know what? They have a lot of these little spots popping up in Harlem, that you know these little cafes, these little coffee houses. But at the end of the day, y'all gotta remember where the fuck y'all at. You know what I'm saying? Y'all right. are visitors. You know what I'm saying? We the, we the, we the local natives. So let's say, like I said, if we was if we was those type of guys, all right, when this bitch get off work, I'm gonna have to feel my homegirls come through here and and and, and molly whopper. Right. Right. Because you just exactly. because you're two you're two you two blocks away from the projects. I know at least ten motherfuckers that ain't got nothing better to do right now. Exactly. Don't got nothing. <laughs> but but I don't want that I don't want that kind of energy around me. So that's why I was just like and you know, and some of the guys did order just on the channel. I'm like, I'm not ordering shit. Fuck her. Fuck her, fuck this stuff. I'm not ordering nothing. We don't even need to be here. Oh my goodness! But you gotta go back in there and just ask for some water. Just get some water. Nah, I'm not going back there. I'm going back to a, throw, throw a brick through the window. <laughs> I'm going straight. Stop it! I mean, not literally. Of course, I would not. If I had any intention on throwing a brick through that window, I would not say it on writer's life chat. <laughs> that's, that's that's called an alibi. <laughs> I'm glad you said it just like that. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't say it here on the writer's life chat. Yeah. Oh goodness! Wow. Okay, so look, I'm gonna take some callers. Yep, yep. I'm so proud of myself. I'm getting so much better with this. You would think. Yeah, you used to have people. Yeah, used to have people waiting for the longest. They used to be hitting you on the Facebook, sending me emails. Tell her to take some calls. 
I just said that to the listeners. I said they hated me. Like, oh, my God. Like, I want to support Kawan, but I don't want to call in because I'm not going to get through. So, yeah, I'm ready to take a call. 917, I'm taking your call. Hello. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chats. Who's this? 917? Are you just listening? I think you are. I will put you back in the queue. Now, didn't I say to y'all, if y'all were just listening, to say that y'all were just listening so I could go on to the next call? You're being hard-headed. All right, I'm going to the next one. 718. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who's this? Hey, Keisha, this is Faye. How you doing? Hi, Quan. Hey, Faye. Hey, Faye. Hey. Just listening in and enjoying you guys. But I do have um, a quick question for Quan. Sure. Um, what advice would you give an author regarding turning a novel into a screenplay? I'm sorry. And, and were you referring to Sid Fields' book on screenwriters? You had mentioned the book. No, I'm actually, you know what? This is the bizarre thing about that. I've done everything from by the books to even my wife even enrolled me in a film, a film course at Rutgers. It doesn't, for, just for me speaking personally, it doesn't translate for me to learn that way. I'm more hands-on, so I had to teach myself. But this feels it is a good book, and it doesn't hurt to take classes. The trick with adapting a novel into a screenplay mm-hmm. is you have to, like, let's say if your novel is 3,000, I mean, not 3,000, 300 pages, right? You have yeah. to condense that 300 pages into, like, roughly uh, 90. Because every, you have to remember every one page, uh, one page of your script should equal one minute of real time. Okay. So you have to try to condense it without taking away from the meat of the story. So it can be really, really tricky. And it's not something that people nail the first time around. It takes a little practice. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Wow. Yeah, wow. I have a, that I have was a question, actually, That was too. a good question. Uh-huh, go ahead. Yeah, um, just on based on that, what you're saying, you said 300 pages condensing it into 90, and you yeah. said that, you know, it's tricky doing that. How do, like, okay, so for you, you read Harlem with Love, and you know what it's about, you know what the plot is, you know all of the stuff, but how do you still go back and take the juicy without leaving something? Like, did you ever feel like, okay, I think I missed something? Like, how do you know? Yeah, of course, you're always going to feel like you missed something. See, what I I had to reprogram my brain to not be as descriptive. Whereas in a book, a lot of the page, a lot of those pages come from describing scenes, characters, setup, situations, dialogue, stuff like that. So with films, okay. it's more like showing. So that thing that you would have spent like three or four paragraphs writing out to describe in a book, mm-hmm. you may just have to use it in just one little one little part, just showing the action, showing the action versus telling. And it wasn't ah. easy, and that was a, and that, and that was a big reason why I start when I started writing the scripts. I didn't try to adapt any of my books. I was just writing original content. Um, I think the hardest one for me to do was Animal because Animal had been in so many books. So Mm -hmm. it was like creating a story in a world that encompasses all the books and putting it into one screenplay. Okay. I like that answer. All right. Well, Faye, look, I got you. You got your question answered, and I gave him one. And look, you're enlightened <laughs> by this. Oh, yes, yes, I am. I am. Thanks. Well, I'm glad to help. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but thank you, Faye. I'm going to put you back in the queue, okay? Sure. No problem. Thanks. 
right. Yeah, that was like a, a double whammy there. All right, I'm yeah. going to take another call. Um, four four three. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Four four three, you there? You forgot. You forgot to tell me you were just listening. It's okay, four four three. That type of thing happens all the time on the Writer's Life Chat. Holy smokes! Okay. It happens. It happens. Okay. So now, now, um, Juan, let's go back to the go back, uh-huh. jump back into this. So now you said that you're um you're currently you know you're filming it. When can people expect to see this? Um. Well, hopefully we'll be finished filming before um before the uh, before the summer gets here, and um okay. we're gonna maybe do some private screenings. But I'm gonna uh, my goal is to do the film festival circuit to just hit as many film okay. festivals as I can. I mean, eventually we're going to give it to you guys for free, like be, be through Vimo or our website or whatever the case. But I want to just be like mm-hmm. I said, I'm doing, I'm doing this very, like I'm doing, I'm stepping outside of the box and I'm doing what everybody else is not doing. So this is why I'm taking that route. We're not looking to pick up, uh, get no big distribution dealer. I want to just get the work shown and get it screened in the right places and, you know, fed to the right people and in the right hands and just let it grow organically. I'm so, glad you, you know, said that because it question as you were talking. Okay, you're Kwan. You've been mm-hmm. um, a successful author, publisher. You you know the publishing game in the sense of that you know what the majors are looking for as you've been signed for the majors. You did it independently. And you know some people. Let's just put it just yeah. put it out there. You know some people. Yeah, I know a lot. I know so, a bunch of people. <laughs> exactly. So it would be it would be very easy for you to just pull out your phone, go to the contacts and press a button and get somebody on the phone and say blah 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 and something happened. Why didn't you do that? Because I wouldn't learn anything that way. Okay. That was simple. Like I said, this is all a learning some process. People didn't, some people wouldn't even care. It would just be, I want the hookup. Nah, I don't. That's one thing. I don't call. I collect favors. I don't. I re- rarely use them. Rarely use. I mean, when the time comes, when I'm ready to go in that direction and present that, because like I said, I'm signed to United Talent Agency, and they represent everybody in film, television, music. They just not very many people they don't represent. And I have like the best agent in the world, Mark Gerald. So like. I'm sure, like, if I really wanted to, to say, hey, well, you know what, this is what I'm trying to do. But I want to learn. I want to get a little bit of dirt under my fingernails first. I want to be able to come back and say, okay, this is what I've gone out and learned so far. This is what I can bring to the table. Can you help me get the rest of the way? Ah, okay. So, you know, and people okay. respect it more when you get out there, you know, and you put your own blood and sweat into it first. You know, that's, right, this is right. not to say this is not to say if the right offer came along. I would not take it because I'd be lying if I told you that. That would be just so untrue. But as of right now, this is the direction that I want to go with this particular project. Okay. Okay. That's a, I like that answer. It works. I mean, because it would, I mean, on the outside looking in, it would be too easy for you to pull out your phone and do that. But at the same time, you have to prove something not just to the masses, but to yourself that I can do it without, without yeah. you know, You'll appreciate it more, you know, just like and, with anything. And you know what? And it also, uh, like I was saying, when you go looking for a deal, 
then they give you or they offer you what they feel like you should have. When you do it and you show that you're competent enough to do it on your own, then you write your own ticket. You kind of set the benchmark because it's not, you know, okay, it's not, I'm, I'm not, it's not what, what, it's not what you can do for me. What can I do for you? You know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it just, it just changes the, the whole dynamics of things when you show that you are competent enough to do it. Like I was always a, a, a very good writer and I had an, uh, an understanding of publishing as having been signed to majors for many years, but I got a better understanding of it when I went out and I did it on my own with no distribution and just got it off the muscle. You know, it would have been, it wouldn't have been hard to call in a favor here, call in a favor there because I have done it, but to get that experience under my belt to say, okay, well, boom, this ain't going to no major stores. We're going to get out here and we're going to move it on the street as best we can. The experience, the growth, you know, the ups and the, and the downs, I feel that that's very necessary to build your character and the hard and, your, and the tough in your skin to get you to where you need to go next. Yeah, I do. I, I get that. Okay, so like I was saying, I'm mentioning when I was saying that, you know, you did a lot of different things in regards to the publishing and the writing and, you know, being featured when they do these documentaries in, when they, you know, they talk about African-American literary industry, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Now, 2017, the guy from Harlem, who he had a story to tell. My question is, what have you learned ultimately? I'm talking publishing at this point. What have you learned that you wish someone would have said to you and saved you some heartache, heartbreak, money, whatever. My my, my own, that's easy. My own self worth. Mm. Because when you when you run around think when you because when you run around thinking like you're only worth X amount, not even monetarily, just is like this is the, 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 what value you bring to the table allows people to under lowball you or to underpay you. But when you go out and you figure it out and you know, it's it's harder for people to do. You know, I've had deals uh, that I didn't feel were were beneficial to me. That I was able to like deals that I man took years ago and I look at now and that man now. And it's not even a monetary thing; it's just the fine print, certain things in the language of the paperwork in the contract, or uh, certain situations that I may have put myself in because I felt like I had to five, six years ago. I wouldn't do it today because mm-hmm. I know better. I know better. You see, and that was the thing through the whole maybe the first six, seven years of my career, everybody got rich. Everybody benefited more from it than me because I did not know my value. I did not know that I could say no to certain things. I did not know that I didn't have to put myself in such a way. I was just so happy to be on and be noticed. I was willing to take whatever was given to me or whatever was offered. Now, that's a whole different ballgame. I turned down money. And this is not to say that I'm a, I'm rich or I, I don't, you know, or that money is not, whatever. But it's just like for what you want, for what you expect of me, for what you're trying to give me, I'm not with it. Mm. No, I definitely get it. But even what you're saying, back then you just wanted to be on, so you didn't know that you could say yeah, no. I was just so happy to be. That, I would have signed. Let me tell you yeah, something. My I, first book deal, I would have, I would have signed a twenty book deal for about fifteen grand because I was just so happy to be. Because not knowing, not knowing, but as you grow, you know, and you look back in hindsight, like nigga, y'all got over. Y'all got that for a song and a dance. I have a book in my catalog, um, and and and. The dollar amount that was offered to me for the book, not to put the book out, was just so. It was the first time something like that ever happened to me. Okay, well, I'll give you this amount of money if you don't put the book out. I said, if I don't put it out, 
because I was doing it independently. Like, why the fuck? What does that mean? Looking back in hindsight, okay, you wanted to give me this for whatever your reasons. Now, I understand your reasons now, and I'm glad that I spoke to my ones. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that that piece now. Knowing, because I feel like in order to move into, like, the film part of things and, you know, the screenwriting, you do have to have this part, this background, and this understanding because I could come to you next month saying, you know what, Quan, I want to give you X amount of dollars for this whole project, and, you know, you're just going about your business, and I'm going to go do the rest. And if you don't know any better, you might say, you know what, Keisha, yeah, I'll take that 50000 not yeah, knowing and, and, yeah. And the, per- perfect, the perfect example of that was that my very first film option, which was for Gangster. I think it was for like okay. seventy-five grand, right? Um, and this was like, what year was this? This was like maybe two thousand and four, two thousand and five, somewhere around there. I'm like seventy-five grand, and y'all want to make a movie? Bet, and I signed it. Not mm-hmm. understanding that when I signed it, I had also signed away the license and merchandising, and I got shitty points on the back end of it. Because I didn't know any better. I was wow. just so happy they were going to make a movie. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about options is they expire. And if you don't get it done by the time the option expires, you either have to come back to the table or it reverts. And I'm like, damn, so y'all could have been selling RIP Rulo t shirts and mugs, and I wouldn't have got a coin because I didn't understand mm-hmm. the option. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. so it goes hand in hand, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And, and you want to know wow. another cool thing? And a lot of people probably don't know this. Another reason why I'm so insistent on writing my own scripts is because you get two checks when you do it like that. You get the I option check. You get you get the option check and you get the screenwriter check. That jewel was free. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I was um, I'm like I'm listening to you. I'm like I'm looking at the notes from when we first talked about this, and I remember saying to you, "So you get the screenwriting credit for this too?" Like, yep. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was it was it was within. Like I'm not saying this is not to say that I have to write every script because there are better. I'm sure there are better screenwriters out there, and there will be situations that come mm-hmm. along. Where it'll be a good situation where I say, you know, okay, well, I'm comfortable with somebody else writing this script and adapting this book because of the overall deal. Mm-hmm. But what that first option taught me was that I always have to have some type of say so over what happens with my project. Because, like I said, if they had a big gangster the way that they, people would have looked at me like, this is not gangster. This ain't blue looking gutter. These niggas is, what the fuck is going on with this? It would have, it would have been a blackout. Like, I heard an interesting story, like Quentin Tarantino's first movie. You've never seen it. Everybody mm. thinks they've seen it. you never seen Quentin Tarantino's first movie because it wasn't up to the standards of what he felt it should be. And so he would rather hold mm. it or, or trash it rather than put out a subpar product and have his name attached to it. Aha. Wow. I wish that authors felt the same way about that. That way like, about it, 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 comes, it comes with the excitement that everybody just wanted to get on. I'm past that. I mean, yeah. I, thoroughly, I thoroughly still love writing. But I'm so past the like to get on and rainbow shoot out my ass and I'm the greatest thing since I, I'm over, I'm over it. I'm just content just to do what I enjoy doing, man, and just be able to feed my family doing. It. And it always exactly. has to, and it always has to, you know, it always has to be right. As you right, I'm behind on deadlines right now because the product ain't right. I can turn you in eighty thousand words, a hundred thousand words, but if I don't feel good about it, 
said, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I would rather run the risk of losing my spot in the public, on the calendar, in the publications calendar, rather than put out something that's going to leave us. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to be, well, this was this is what was going on, that was going on. It's not a shared responsibility. It's a shared, it's, it's, it's a shared thing. When you succeed or when you fail, it's all on you. Everybody remembers you. Not all the other hands oh, yeah. and all the other people that played a part in it. It all falls on you. Mhm. It sure does. You know, you know that um that people they will scream your failures and whisper yep. your successes. Yeah. Yo, exactly. See? That's and that's, and that's real shit. They will shout it from the mountaintop. Ha ha! He finally fucked up. Got him. You know, you just gotta. You just gotta but wait, keep it they won't even say it like that. They don't even say it like you would think that they would be like, oh god, behind closed doors, they do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody told somebody told somebody told somebody that um that they didn't know that I knew. I wish this motherfucker would die or go to jail or something already. So somebody <laughs> else can get it. And this is a true story. And I'm like, they said that's real? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and that was like it was it was it was very weird and it was hurtful, like damn nigga, like I'm not bothering nobody. Wow, like and I'm not, and I'm not stopping like, nobody from getting no money. I'm not. I'm not in nobody's way. I'm in my own lane. I'm my, my You rarely see me. I pop on on social media. I don't even go out to book events like that anymore because I'm becoming more withdrawn and just to myself and just trying to stay out of everybody's way and just do what I do. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, that whole thing with um, like I, I'm. I I always say like I'm. I'm here in this lane by myself. I don't. I'm not bothering you. Don't bother me. I. I reach out to you when I need to, or you'll reach out to me when you need to, and we can just all just be happy and you know all of that good stuff. But wow, it's um well, people, you know, people, and I people, think people are not content to let it go like that though. Everybody wants to be like it's like you know, says the little kid that's always poking the stick in the lion's cage. No matter how many times you tell him to stop, the little motherfucker keeps doing it until he gets bit. Mhm. Right. Lion is minding his business, scratching his nuts in the corner, minding his business, but she keeps poking a stick in the cage. <laughs> You can't help yourself. Right, that, you can come all the way from where you at to poke this stick in the cage. Wow. That is um it's crazy, um, when you know, you think about these things that happen and it's not it's not gonna be just because you're an author or just because now you're adapting a film. It, whatever. You could you could leave this industry today and said that you wanted to be a doctor <laughs> and it's gonna be something. Like some people just don't are just so unhappy in their own selves that they can't be happy for anyone for any reason or whatever. But we're not even, that's I'm true. not even going to that's, go, that's go, go into and that. It, and that's it, a whole show on negative and energy. It, you know, and I have such good energy that I don't need that. Yeah. And it, and it always comes from people close to you. Like, um, just real quick. Um, we was, I forgot, we, we were filming something. And one of them, somebody, you know, somebody who, who I fought with was like, yo, what are we doing again? Are we trying to help Kwan do and it's like it was a small thing, like the nigga sucked his teeth, and I caught it. I don't probably nobody else probably caught it, and I just caught it like fell to the side and sucked his teeth. I'm like we were just kicking it, you know what I'm saying? Like where did that come? From? I didn't say anything, but it was like little shit like that, you know. It's just the small, just the small tales that that tell you what's really in somebody's heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the disheartening part of it. Um especially when it comes from people that you know or you still ones that you think that would be happy for you because I feel like if I if I say to you, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna make a movie next month. That's not gonna take away your movie. People are still gonna go all. and support your movie. So why would yeah. you even care? But it, it but it turns into I can't believe Keisha Green gonna do a movie. I was just on her show talking about mine. Okay. Yeah, but well, because people, well, people don't get it. One, one project sells the, <laughs> one, one project sells the next one. So if people like, let's say if somebody went to see a, a Kawan movie, yo, that shit was dope. Let me go see Keisha's Green movie too. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the same little circles of lanes or whatever. One project sells the other one. People don't get that. Everybody just feels like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna do that. You can't stop what I'm doing. I can't stop what you're doing. What's up, my man? People can, you know, you right. can't like do, do what you do. Just do what you're doing. Let that be that. Well, I would say that, you know, in regards to with you doing From Harlem with Love, I would like to believe that now, even for people who had not read the story, now they're going to go and get the story. And yeah, check it's a dollar ninety nine novella. Check it out. Dollar <laughs> ninety nine, Best dollar ninety nine you ever spent. <laughs> but yeah, this. But also too for the people who are not familiar with you at all, that might just hear, "Hey, this guy has this movie coming out. Who is it? No, I never read anything of his. Okay, check this movie out now. It's like, well, who is Kawan? So now you're opening yourself up again to some people who are not fans or supporters. They're just, they just like you know, they like a good movie. So it's a win-win. Yeah, it is. It's the same win-win. thing happened to me when I was doing Celebrity Crime Files. There were a lot of people who had no clue that I was that I wrote books. They just knew that, oh, this is the guy. I remember him from Celebrity Crime Files. Oh, he's a writer? Let me check out his books. You'd be surprised. A lot of people came to me after I was doing that and was like, yo, we never, I didn't even know you were a writer. I started checking out your books while I saw you on um, in the, um, the Iceberg Sun documentary. I saw you on Celebrity Crime Files. So, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. like, man, you know, everything opens up a different lane. Well, yeah, that um, that's a good thing. That is definitely a good thing. I'm happy for it. I'm going to take another call, area code 626. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who's this? Hello, this is Tracy. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I uh, I think when I friended you first on um, Facebook and uh, then Instagram. So I'm okay, always okay. I'm the one... You know, fellow author that's always liking and, you know, reposting uh, and I everything. I appreciate you, Tracy. Yeah, because, you know, I, I'm I'm a reader as well, and I love a good book. And so I saw, too, that uh, I think it's Animal uh, 4.5, is it? Is that yes. the, the, the latest movie that, that's coming out? No, Animal 4.5 is a re-release of Animal 4. The movie we're oh, doing is from, is, from, is from Harlem with Love. It's based on a novella that I wrote. I think I wrote this novella maybe seven years ago. Oh, I see, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm like, cool. you know, I got to get the other books that you wrote, like the one with 50 Cent and... Um, oh, I wrote I that by myself. He just put his name on it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, I like truth. I love truth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, the other one I think is Diamonds and Pearls. I saw too. Yeah, I'm Diamonds like, and Pearls. That one too. And we're about and to then, put out the, the sequel, which is The Diamond Empire. That'll be out in October. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I know winter time come around, and I read even more. You know. Yeah, that, that's the best time to read when it's cold outside. You be in the house reading a good book. 
Yes, that's my favorite. And it was another one I saw. Um, you did with the California artist. That's another one, too, I said I'm going to get. Mm, um, that I wrote with somebody or that I published? Um, probably you published, and then I believe they're from California. I can't remember the name exactly. Dog food? Renisha, Renisha Simmons, dog food? Um, I, yeah, I, I believe it was. Was it Diamond? I'm not no, sure. No, no, Renisha, Renisha Pittman. She's from, she's from, um, originally from L.A. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I have, you know, a couple of your um, books that are on my to-read list because before I was able to, like, now I'm able to, you know, buy my books. But before I was going on Kindle app and just reading all the free, you know, Kindle books and going to the library and ordering the books and stuff like that. So. You have okay, a to- okay. long to-buy list, and that's why, you know, I'm always liking and stuff and screenshotting and sharing, you know, with my appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I definitely love, you know, supporting, you know, black authors. Likewise, yeah, we have to support each other. Well, yeah, it's definitely necessary. I feel like we, as we as people, we don't support each other enough. It wasn't always like that. Exactly. Just, just, re- just recently, the last couple of years has become like that. You know, the rat race, rat race. Everybody felt like they had to step on everybody else to get in the kids' head, and it's not so not true. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I've learned too. I said, yeah, you know, it's it's better too to even start your own little lane. You know. Yeah. Because before I was like, oh, I should bug everybody to sign me. I'm like, no, I'm going to just stick with self. Cause I had uh, another author, she's been schooling me. She's like, stay self because, you know, if you don't, they can um, put your book out and then uh, take it off whenever they get ready. Then they can sue you if they catch you. No, doing it. no, <laughs> not, that's not, that's not, that's not totally accurate. This is not totally accurate. My my thing is this. I'm I'm an advocate of the self-published author, right? And uh-huh. the reason being is because you get to learn and you get to experience, you know, and you get the lion's share of the money. But at the same time, you the distribution is important. Distribution, uh-huh. you know, to, to, to provide you with a better. I mean, in the age of Kindle, I think distribution is thrown out the window in a lot of cases. But distribution yeah. is important. So there's nothing wrong with signing with somebody as long as you sign with a reputable publisher. And another reason why self-publishing is good is so you can kind of get in on the ground floor and experience it and see what's going on. So that way when you do decide to sign with the publisher, if you decide to sign with the publisher, you have a better measuring stick to weigh it against to see, you know, what's for you and what's not for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You got to feel the water before you judge the water. Yeah, yeah, you got to see just how deep it is before you jump in. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to put back in the um the queue, Tracy, but thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tracy. No problem. Thank you, guys. Oh. No problem. Oh, wow. That's like a real reader. Like, you know, she, the, I yeah. like those readers that they yeah, like your books. I love readers they like that. And, yeah. and they like, you know, they don't know you. They don't know you. And then it's like to speak to you, it's just like, wow. And it's just like, I'm just here. I'm just, you know, I like to read. And so that's yeah. anyway, um, a good and that's what it's all that's what it's all about. But like so many of them like system like all the all the readers are authors now. 
there's not, no, you know, and that's not that it's a bad thing. Shit. <laughs> I mean, nobody's really a student in the game anymore, so it's it's appreciative when you find somebody who's an author and a reader because that means that they care about their craft because they're willing to study. You know, they still enjoy books. You have to be a student, like even me. I don't get to read as much as I used to because I always got a million things going on, but I still love reading. Right, right, yeah. Definitely. It's like, um, as a reviewer, I read a lot of books for reviews, but the last time that I got to personally just pick a book and buy it and read it just because very far in between, like I I don't have the time to do that. Um, but I want to go, I want to go back to something that she said, and it made me think about a conversation that you and I had years ago when I first, like, I think this is like around the time when, um, you were first a guest on the show and I'm like, oh, wow, you have this book with 50 cents. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like you must, you're about to be like big thing because in my mind I'm like oh my goodness and my son my son Malik is a 50 fan so I'm like I'm talking to this guy he wrote a book with 50 that's all I knew and then you like you kind of like took the air out of my bubble it was like Lucy and Charlie Brown (laughs) (laughs) but you explained it you explained it to me and so I'm like wow so you know you kind of you said it to me in a sense of like here it was your name and his name, but then you have people where society would think putting that name with your name on a book, that's automatic New York Times bestseller. This is, it's just going to do what it's going to do, but it was nope. almost, almost the opposite. Yeah, like it didn't do that. It was almost like a curse because now people are like, wow, who knew Curtis Jackson was this, this wonderful writer? And then the other side of now you're saying, can you write that book? Wait a minute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, it, you know, and I don't even know, and I honestly, I don't even know if I was supposed to really be saying that, but I, you know me, I, I know it's my truth. And I, I think, I think what it was is that he had input in some of the books, not mine. Right. I don't, and I don't know which ones he did, if he did at all. But you know, it's great that grapevine shit. Mind blows already something that I was doing because it was based on a true story, loosely based on true events, mm-hmm. rather. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I put it like this: the the idea the 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 idea was good. It it had potential. Yeah. Like, if it would have did something different or whatever, but hey, at you know what I think? Say, I think happened with the, Well, there was never on my bucket list, but that's another story. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you no, know, but you know what I think it was, and this is this is something where I always say where where, they, where the ball was dropped with the cash money situation and with G-Unit because the books were never cross-promoted with the music. So you have to think about it. You know, at the time when these things were happening, these authors were, you know, they were very visible. They were doing well. They were doing their numbers. So the entities were kept separate. So it was like, right. it would have just been as, as simple as having books available at the concerts. I don't give a fuck if it's a little twist concert. Having the books available, right. cross-promoting with the merchandise and things like that, and that was never done. So I think that this is why those two ventures didn't. I mean, Cash Money did. I, I want to say Cash Money did better than G Unit, um, respectively, as far as like how how like units moved. But I think it, they mm-hmm. they, they could have just reached a, so much of a broader audience if they had been first forwarded with the music. But that's just my true sense. Well, no, you know what? When I talk about it, when like you know about 
publishing, literary, and then you look at G-Unit books, cash money content, that's the one thing that I always said, like, okay, if these people are at their they're at the prime of their careers and they're doing videos or whatever. I'm not saying that you guys are supposed to come out on stage at a concert, but in the video, yeah, there should um Nicki Minaj should have your book in her hand reading it or something. Yeah, or it yeah, shit like that. Damn man, give me a little give me a little table right outside the arena. Give me a little give me a little table right outside the yeah. arena and post it and let me do the rest. Yeah, like, something like that or you know, like just something yeah. something is was that nothing major. They didn't have to pay you to be in the video. It was just the book sitting there, and there you go. And it cross-promotes, but they, like you said, it's kept separate. It's like, oh, we don't read, or we don't know, we don't want to do that. So, hey, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> now, the, 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 now, the crazy thing about that is, Baby and Slim are avid readers. You Especially Slim, you wow. probably would know, but they are, they are avid readers. Those motherfuckers read. So, like, even though it was all happening, how they may come across in the videos, those motherfuckers read. Thing, even still, then, why wouldn't they? But, okay. So, we just No, but, you know, people just, like, because friends. people just see it as a problem. You know, some people, like, okay, I do music, I'm going to do this venture, um, and, you know, and that's just that. No, these motherfuckers read. I had a conversation with Baby one day on the phone about Animal, and he knew the plot. It's so cool. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, nigga. Yeah. And he was really just, he was just so excited about it. Because he read it, I think what happened was he read it, I think a year after I signed the cash money, he finally got around to reading it. And this, we had just had a real good conversation about it. He's like, yo, man, I love that shit. I love nigga with the teeth, man. Yo, I love, I love that shit. And I'm like, well, thank you. Let's make a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take another call. Three four seven. Welcome to the Writers Life Chat. Who's this? Um, is that me? Yep. You three four seven. You. <laughs> All right. This is Pepper. Hi. Hi. What's happening? What's up, Quan? Am I saying your name right? Okay, Quan. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big fan of yours. I follow you on um. Instagram and Facebook as well uh, as well as uh, Right to Eat Concepts. Thank you, man. And um, I'm I'm also a writer, and I okay. I think I I submitted um uh, one of my novels to you guys a while back. What was the name of it? And I can tell you. Uh, Back to My Roots, the Genesis. I do remember you sending something. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I I went on and self-published. But um, first, before I, I go into all that, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what an inspiration you have been to me Thank becoming you, a writer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I read, um, I believe it was Hoodlum, yeah. one of your earliest, earliest books. Two thousand, yeah, 2005, Hoodlum. Yep. yep, yep. That's when I started reading um, your novels. And then... Um, I told myself, huh? So this is this is what's going on out there now. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, some places. <laughs> so I decided I decided to give it a try, and you know I read I read a few more of your books. I haven't gotten into the animal series yet, but I I, I read a few more of your books, and um, it just helped me. It helped me. It helped me a lot. It helped me build my 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 um. 
my my, my interest in writing, uh-huh. it helped me out a lot. So I I wanted yeah. to let you know that first. Yeah, thank you, man. I, like I appreciate that. That's that's dope because like yeah. I was just saying, you got to be a student of the game. You can't be like you can't say I, I want to be a great writer, but you don't read. Even if people are not reading my stuff, as long as you're reading something, because it will help to grow. It's like exercising your brain muscle. It will help to grow your vocabulary, your story structure, and stuff like that. So you definitely uh-huh. have to be a student, a student first. Yep, I agree. Okay. I agree with you guys. Okay. I'm going to put you back in the queue so you can continue to listen. But thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Congratulations on getting your book out. No problem. Thank you. All right. Oh, my goodness. How scary. Like, for a minute when he said he submitted a manuscript, I thought, like, this was going to be the platform where it was like, well, did you like it? Are you going to sign me? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we have to do this live? Like, can we take an information? No, but I remember the man. Like, me, I have a funny. I, my memory is so funny about that. I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast, but like submissions and things like that. I I remember stuff like that. I don't know why okay. it jumps out, but as soon as he said the title, I remember. And I don't remember why we didn't run with it, but I'm pretty sure that I explained to him why we didn't run with it because I like when I can, I'm not just gonna leave mm-hmm. you in limbo and say you know we just don't want the book. I'll try to explain to you why. It didn't work and just give you some pointers and maybe it'll help you down the line in your whatever future endeavors you want to choose. Right, right. That's good. You need that type of feedback because if you're yeah. telling me what you disliked about it, now I can kind of tweak it before I submit it to the next publisher. I mean, yeah, I, sense, feel, right? I, I feel the same. I feel the same <laughs> way about reviews. Like I hate, I hate a review that just says did not like this book or like this book. Why? I want to know why. Just me personally, I'm curious. As to why, is there something that I can do better? You know, just things like that on why. So help me out. Help me to understand what it is that, you know, turns you off or turns you on to the book so I can increase or decrease it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I need more than that. Like, I don't like it. Don't write another book. And it's like, okay, tell me why I shouldn't. Exactly. Or, yeah. you know, or something, one of the, like, I've been I'm having, like, this, this love affair with short stories. So when I get a review where someone says something to me, like I hated it, it was so short. And I'm like, but it was a short <laughs> story. That upon Why? I'm going to do you one better. Somebody left me a one-star review. Uh, I think it was on Love and Gunplay or either from Hollow or Love. And the reviewer said, I did not like this book because it's not in paperback, so I couldn't read it. I thought the general idea was you read the book to read the book. <laughs> so if you've never read the book, how do you know you don't like it? But, you know, sometimes right. people just like, want to be seen. Yeah, yeah, they want to be seen. That's what it is. But, yeah, they're like, it was, it was, I hated it. It was short. Okay, well, thanks. You can have your 99 cents back. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you too. I'm gonna take take one more caller. Five one six. Welcome to the Writers Life Chat. Who's this? Yo, Five yo, it's Roy Rap. It's Roy Rap. Yo, it's Roy Rap. Roy Rap. What's good? Peace, Keisha, peace, peace, What's what's good, Roy? Hello? I was telling Keisha. Keisha, Roy is the um who's who's playing Harlem in the film. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I uh, just call in basically, they call in and basically say what's up to my brother, man, and congratulations on everything he's doing, and um, yeah, all the job, all the all the all the uh, all the opportunities he's 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 putting on the table 
for uh, not just black people, but just humans in general, you know what I mean, with what he's doing. And uh, he's changing lives. So it's free to that. my brother. He He's a great writer. He's a great super writer. And um, he deserves every accolade that he gets and even more. So I'm only, man, I'm only as good as the people who are helping me push this project along, such as yourself, man. I appreciate all of y'all. And we back to work this week. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. From Harlem, from Harlem with Love is, is is the name of the movie. It's about to drop. Y'all want to get something to enjoy y'all eye? Definitely go check out uh, Love and Gunplay. And uh, yeah, man, I love you, K. Word up. Yo, my man, that's my man right there, Royal Rap. Yo, brother, I'm talking about your mixtape too, man. Don't forget to plug the mixtape while you on the joint. Might as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One more here. Y'all make sure y'all check out next with the Crown when it drops. Uh, we got some people behind that, you know, Kawan's behind that, you know what I mean? You know, so we, we always working. And, uh, yeah, next with the crown when he drop, but we got that single hundred for the gram out there in the street right now. You can grab off iTunes or Amazon, anywhere you need to go to get your Spotify, anywhere you need to go to get your music. But right now, right now, right now, right now, it's, Har- it's, it's from Harlem with Love, and, and it's Kawan right now. That's what we're doing. And uh, just to give y'all a quick story on, on how great he is in touching people, First time I read one of Kwan's books, I was locked up. I was locked up, and uh, it was my first time ever being locked up in a jail, in an adult facility. And uh, I had a friend that that told me before we locked in that night. He said, "Listen, man, you need a book to read, bro, or else you're gonna lose your mind in here." And he passed me a book, and the name of the book was called Road Road Dogs. And uh, that's the first that's the first book that I read of Kwan's when I was locked up. And uh, wow. it, 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 uh, it, took, it, took, it took my mind, it took my mind out of being incarcerated. That's, that's what, that's what that's dope right there. That is awesome. And look now, look at you now, like your, you know, the music and the film. Oh my goodness. That is crazy. That is. But and I did it. And I, and, and I didn't, and I didn't know him. I didn't know him when I read the book. Right. You were just a reader, just reading a book, just reading a book and you, you enjoyed it and, here we are now, 2017. Do you want to hear? You want to wow. hear? You want to hear a crazy story, Keisha? While I got him on the phone, let me tell you how how, how me and Roy started. Roy came to um, the Love and Gunplay um, audition with his man. He was actually bringing his man to audition, and I, I forgot mm-hmm. how he ended up reading the script. I think we were short a person. And I asked him to read on camera with his man. So I was like, you know, when I'm just watching him through the camera, and I said, Yo, you you act? And he was like, No hell, no nigga, I don't act. I'm crazy off the street. What happened? I said, yo, you want to give it a shot? And so we cast him as Zopan in Love and Gunplay. And everybody did a great job in Love and Gunplay, but people kept asking me, who was the dude that played Zopan? Oh, my God, that's him? That's him? Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, my God. And I was telling him, like, yo, you got a natural, you got a natural gift for this shit. Wow. Yeah. That, and that's how that ball got rolling in, you know. And he got the he got the pray before you eat joint, got circles, like so he's definitely making moves right now in that lane. Oh my goodness. I was just telling him about that. I remember that trailer and he was like um, yeah. all that back and forth about killing a nigga. Just kill a nigga. Yeah. Tell me. So I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she got it on point too, okay? She got yeah. it on point. I told you everybody was everybody was at you. That line was classic. <laughs> yes! Oh my God, that's what stood out from the whole thing. I was like, and I remember sharing it like that was the part, and I'm like, oh my God, look, I have like a whole new like like starstruck moment right now. Okay, let me go back to interview mode. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, just, 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 if you like that, just think, just think about Zoe Pound, Zoe Pound being animal, and you'll get sort of like from Harlem to Love. You'll start to get a little understanding right. of that, like. Right, he definitely he crushed the role. He definitely crushed that role. That is so dope! Like, wow, that was super sweet. I'm all, I'm really happy right now. That was just like the icing <laughs> on the cake. Like, holy cow! But yes, but thank you, thank you so much for calling in. I'm gonna put you back in the queue. Okay? Yeah, bro, I'm gonna hit you later, bro. All right, baby, love, love. Congratulations on everything love, you're man. doing. Yo, bro, yeah. looking out, man. Let's get to it. That's right. Oh. All right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That was so cool. Okay, so, wow. I totally didn't know that was him. That's yeah. Yeah, he's definitely so making cool. moves, man. He's, he's making moves, and he's doing it. Like I said, you know, it's all about planting that seed and inspiring people to think outside of the box. Like I said, he wasn't an actor yeah. when he walked in, but he has, he's gifted. He's a natural ability. So now he's just Yeah, yeah. That was good. Like, watching that, like, I like. I liked him. I liked that character, and that's what stood out. Like, oh my goodness! And but yeah, I, and I, I got him, one and more. I asked him to learn the script. I asked him to learn the script the morning we were shooting that day. Because I, I threw out the, the script that every, had everybody learn, and asked him all to learn a new script that morning. Are you serious? Serious? I told you. Like, I take with your personality, whatever your personality is, I go back and tweak the script to suit to make it more natural to who you are. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's dope. I got one more caller. I lied. I'm sorry. I have one more. Then I'm going to stop. <laughs> 937, I'm taking your call. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who's this? Hello. It's Stacey Johnson Leonard. Hey, Stacey Johnson Leonard. She always say her whole name. <laughs> Hi, come on. What's up, bro? What's going on? Nothing. Nothing. You know, I... You was on, um, was it The Matrix? Is that what it's called? Matrix. And I called in and I didn't get to talk to you. So I could not. <laughs> you know Matrix. you're one of my faves. I could not. I think that's what the name of the show was, the broadcast. When I was on The Matrix? Oh, that means the other day with, um, what was the name? Um, with the girl Trophy and um, Ice Water. Oh, God, the name of, I'm having a fucking spazoid moment. It is. It's called the Matrix. The, it's like the, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel so bad. I just had a brain fart. Yeah. Well, I missed. I didn't get to. I didn't get to talk to you on there. And I can't say you're one of my faves. If you know, every time you're doing something, I don't try to show my support. And I, I appreciate you because you always support, and I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I was not gonna miss this. So, you know, I didn't want to. Just wanted to say. Hey. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Jason. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Oh, thank you for calling in. Oh, my goodness. So now, before we wrap up, um, and I'm glad that we had called in and we are talking about some music because that brings me to the ending of this with the soundtrack. What is the, in- the oh. soundtrack inspired by or featuring, if you can tell us some um, it's featuring um we got featuring uh Roy Rap, Bumpy One Hundred Three, Nick Paradise, Bonds <gasps> Daddy, um, 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 Dangerous Music. Uh, we got a bunch of guys. Like everybody, like, it's so funny because the cast is composed like eighty five percent of the cast are musicians. So like oh. pulling the pulling the soundtrack together was relatively simple. You know, just having somebody bring everybody bring stuff together that um and, and, and encompasses. 
the film and what they contribute to the film. Like when you start when we start releasing the trailers because we have a very unique way we're gonna do this. When we start releasing the trailers, mm-hmm. like we, you know, I'm always high, so I'm an outside of the box thinker, and everything I do has to be outside of the box, and it's gonna be super cool the way we do this with the music and the visuals. It's gonna be real psychedelic, oh. like. You're going to be like, this motherfucker is different. And I am. <laughs> so when can we expect the trailers? Come on. Tell us. Um, I tell don't us. Want, I, you know what? I got a bunch of clips in my phone, and I'd be dying to share them, but it's not ready yet. Not oh. time yet. Not oh. time yet. Okay. Everything, everything okay. is time. And don't, think, and don't think I don't want to jump out because there's some of this shit that would just completely blow you away, and you would never know. These motherfuckers are an independent film, and they did this. With no big plans right. to back it, they did this. So that's why I'm like in due time. And for everything from yeah, the colors in the, in the movie. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing, yeah. like, what technology and the stuff that is going on with filmmaking and, again, technology. My daughter was taking a class, and she did this little this little snippet movie, this little horror thing. And I was, I was blown I away. I remember. And I'm like. And I'm like, how did you do that? She was like, Adobe something and a such and such camera. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, like wow. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, like you know, she's 18. And it was like, wow, this looks better than some book trailers I've seen. So I'm like, so you see, okay. If she's putting out there like that when she's 18, imagine how she's going to be nasty by the time she's 25. Exactly. And that the crazy part about it was like, it's not even like her scene. She wants to be a veterinarian. That wasn't even like. That was an elective, but it was dope. And I was like, wow, like, you know, but that's just showing you technology. It totally has changed from, like, imagine, like, you know, 15 years ago what we had, what we could put out for promo-wise. Like, what was that, mm-hmm. MySpace? But you, what, you, what you, no, you that was Black Planet. <laughs> Black Planet. <laughs> Black Planet, man, ain't they? <laughs> right. Like, come on, some black planet. Like, what could we really do? But now it's like, oh my goodness, you can you can make these mini movies and you can, you know, you yeah. can really bring stuff to life. So it's dope. So you gotta set a dope concept, a dope soundtrack, and this will be and, a right and people to that know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah right right to eat and and, and um yeah, and 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 we're, and, and, and we're partnered up with my partner Q. So we're doing it under our um our, our film umbrella. So um yeah, so it's like a, it's a joint venture between um Right to Eat and my partner Q. So that's how we're gonna do that. Okay. All right. Yeah, awesome. We have, we have we have we have some dope people and some experience, and, that, and that's the best part. We have people with the the, te- the people that are doing the technical shit, the camera and sound. They're experienced. They do actual films, and they're like, you know what, this is nice. dope. We want to work on this with you. So that's a, that's an honor Ooh. and a blessing right there that I'm these people are taking time off. Yeah, it's taking time off. Um, like the camera guy, CJ, he came from L.A., flew in from L.A. and came straight to set. Like, you know when I'm all in, what do you need? I said, oh, shit, hey, ooh, I need this, I need this. Oh, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, that is cool. Well, I'm wishing you much success with it. Please keep me posted. And when that trailer comes out, please let me know because I want to put it on Literary Jewels. I have to. I have to put it up there and show. Um, let people it's, check it out. The more, the merrier. The more people. Yeah, you know, definitely. Know about like, it. Once, once we release these visuals, because I really want, because I'm so proud, and even, and we, and we're not even finished yet. Just the work that we've done so far, I'm so proud of everyone involved. And it's like, feel it's not no grainy, crazy looking shit. 
said, I didn't know nothing about film coloring. This is all stuff in the mind. I'm like, coloring? What do you mean? He's like, oh, young man, I'm going to show you some things. Mm. So it's like, you know, I'm quality. Cool with the session. You're learning. It's good. You yeah, said you were hands-on, so you're getting it. You're getting yep. it. Oh, you're yeah. getting this hands-on yeah. experience, priceless, priceless um, experience that, you know, people will pay for. So how can people stay in the loop about the film? Um, you can follow our, our Instagram page from Harlem with Love Film. You can follow the Facebook page um, from Harlem with Love Film. Um, and we will be launching an official website when we get closer to um, completion of the project. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on the Writer's Life Chats. Please keep me posted yeah. on the progress of it because this is awesome. But, yes, yeah, that's um. Thank and you, I guess- and Thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. And I guess um, how can they find out for people who just tuned in, how can they stay in the loop with you? Um, you can follow me on, on Twitter, um, um, the writer Kawan. I'm on Facebook as Kawan writes and the writer Kawan. You can follow me on Instagram, Kawan underscore I am legend. You can hit my website up, Kawan4.com, K-W-A-N-F-O-Y-E.com. Um, and if you can't hold it, retain all that information, you can always Google me. I, I, I love oh saying that. Google me. <laughs> you can Google, Google, Google me. And my wife and my wife and TV page pops up with my little smiley face and my rock the road shirt. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's definitely dope. Wow, you know what? And you, when you just gave your website, I said, wow. I was thinking to myself, I've made a whole, when it went through a whole interview with you, and I didn't even refer to you by your first and last name. You were just Kawan today. You know See? Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? Because this is the first time I ever did your show sober in life. Oh my god! <laughs> because I've been going on because I'm going off little, little. I'm going off little to no sleep, so I'm already loopy. I don't need to drink. I've been, I've been, I'm giving sobriety a chance. I've been sober the last couple of days. I'm a work in progress. Okay. That's that's a wonderful thing, but yeah, I was I was sitting here thinking like, wow, I didn't even mention his last name because it kind of the way people say Keisha Green or just like Stacey Johnson Leonard, like it's one word. Yeah, I, one I word. Heard, I'm, all, I'm just like, cool, I'm Keisha. You want to stop saying my whole name? I'm like, my bad. All right. Yeah, you know, sometimes I forget I have a last name. I signed <laughs> I signed a check one time and forgot to put my last name on, it, and they was looking at me like, um, sir. <laughs> Because you know, I've been I've been Kwan for so many years. <laughs> right, like okay, he does have a last name, but yes, again, thank you so much. And if you didn't, if you missed it, the website to so follow him. If you didn't catch all anything else, www.kwanfoy.com. Thank you so much, and you take it easy, and we'll be in touch. All right, Keith. All right. So yeah, wow, you guys, you heard it first here about the show about the, um, excuse me, not the show, the movie from Harlem with Love. That was so dope. I'm wishing him nothing but continued success. Oh, my goodness. That was just, it was so much good stuff going on tonight. And like I said, the next show we will be talking to Faith Thompson. I appreciate the callers. I believe I got them all. Um, if I did not, please, I apologize. But thank you. I do see you all out there um, in the queue. I'll see you guys in two weeks. And that's it. And we're done. Good night.